0: devil can discipline you a whole lot worse than God can. So there's a warning going out tonight. So 1 Peter, let's go back to verse 13. 1 Peter 4.13 4.13, but insofar as you are sharing in Christ's suffering, rejoice so that his glory, his full radiance and splendor is revealed. You may also Rejoice with triumph. Listen. His glory is in this box. The gift of Jesus. His glory. You can experience the glory and not be in it. We experience the glory in here all the time. But it's not one with me. And I can tell you, I'm gonna tell you how you can judge this. The glory is weighty. You know, you feel that weighty in here sometimes it's just resting on you after all the worship and the glory comes in, testimonies come in, the glory's coming in, and it's weighty. That is the weight of authority. that's the weight of authority there are some people that speak and nothing happens they can't even get a roach to move there's no authority i remember i remember gosh this was in 2007 the Lord gave me this, I was thinking about the times. So the weight of his glory is the weight of his authority in you. So I look back, and back in 2007, there were some people in my um, uh, waiting room that I moved up from Jacksonville. And um, something I said took his breath. He could not breathe. His wife looked at him like he was having a heart attack. But I felt the authority on what I was saying. The weight of it just took the breath out of him. Because he wasn't thinking the way God was thinking. So authority came. And there was another time about three or four years ago in a pastor's conference. The pastor's conference was over, and one of the uh, pastors wanted to talk to me in the room in there, and I don't even know the question he asked me, but I answered him, and he went flying back on the floor, landed on the couch, trembling. Just by a few words, he was like this close. And I'm telling you, it was a force that threw him back. That's the weight of authority. That is a glory realm. It is the weight of authority. There are some people that can't move a roach when they're praying for people. Yeah, then they want to step on them. (laughs) Or push them down. They're pushing them down. You got to go down. You got to. I mean, they're all over them. I'm going to kill this roach. Uh, But if you, but if you can speak to them, and they go down. So when you operate in the glory, you operate in great authority. Great authority. the fire. That was it. That was it, Lord. Yeah, that was it. That was the intro. That was it? That was like, kaboom! (laughs) (laughs) That was only the intro? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to go over a few scriptures for about 10 or 15 more minutes. Then I might have to finish this. What's next Thursday? I can't do it next Thursday. I think Pastor Mike, oh, you won't be here next Thursday uh, let's go Now let's go to Psalm 27 and 1. We have to bear this light. We have a light in us, but all of us aren't bearing the light because we never entered into Jesus because he's bearing the light. He's bearing it. So let's keep let's go fast with these scriptures. Psalm 27 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who in here fears? Who fears man? Who fears anything? I'm going to teach you tonight because see, you can still be be in his kingdom and be fearful. You can be in his kingdom and be angry. All these things can still be in there. But once you get a hold of the link between coming into the kingdom and entering into it, there's no more fear. There's no more fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? All right, let's go to the next one. Psalm 119, 105. The the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So listen, the word may be a lamp in the logos realm, but it's only a light in the rhema realm.
1: There's a lot of word
0: out there, but it's logos word, it's just written. But it's not Rama. It's not Revelation. It's a word that has not been revealed to that person yet, and they're teaching and preaching on it, and there's no light being dis- dispensed out to the people. You got to have the lamp, and you got to have the light for it to light your path. Let's go to the next one: the entrance and unfolding. Of the revelation gives light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. Now he's talking about revelation here. As the revelation unfolds, it's giving light. You know, the Bible says that the Father is the Father of lights. So light means understanding. When you finally understand something, then light has come. The revelation has come. Let's go to the next one. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the uncompromising, just and righteous, is like the light of the dawn that shines more and more and brighter and brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory and the perfect day to be prepared. So what is he saying here? If you're compromising, you will never reach the next glory realm. History people will cause you to compromise. Wrong voices will cause you to to compromise your just and righteous position in God. All right, let's go to the next one. Proverbs 15:30. The light in the eyes. See, I always look in people's eyes to make sure I see a light. If I don't see a light, then I know we've got some work to do. Amen. We've got some work to do. The light in the eyes of whom whose heart is joyful rejoices the hearts of others, and good news nourishes the bone. So, the light is already in you, but we have to bear it. And the only way that you're going to bear it is got to be, you got to enter into Jesus. How do I know I'm entering in? Trials. Trouble, that's how you know you're entering in. You can't enter in to Jesus without experiencing trouble first. That's a sign. I'm in trouble all the time. You wouldn't know it, but I'm in trouble all the time. And that's how I know I'm going to another level. The trouble is a sign for me. Promotion. So the light in the eyes. The light in the eyes. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 56, 13. For you have delivered my life from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. See, some have been delivered from death, but they're not walking in the light yet. To, to walk with God, you have to walk in the light. He's not going to walk with you till you're in the light. And Jesus is that light. Until we're walking with Jesus, we'll never walk with God. You'll never walk with God till you're in. Jesus. All right, let's go to the next one. These are good scriptures just to meditate on. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy noble and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Have anybody ever said to you, when you come into their presence, oh, I glorify the Father. That's what it's saying. Not yet. (laughs) Daniel is not yet, but I'm going to get there. We have to let the light shine. These spots that we're dealing with are blocking off the light. That's what's blocking off the light. And thank God the timing of God releasing that class and the revelation that's coming forth in that class and the revelation that's coming forth in soul shifters. I mean, uh, here's, here's Sheila casting out devils and soul shifters. There should be some sort of performance every time you teach. Every time, Jesus is going to back up what you're teaching. Whatever you're teaching, he's going to back it up. But you have to activate it. you got to activate it. Let your light shine. Let's go to Matthew 6, 22 through 24. Message Bible. Ah, Jesus. Your eyes are windows into your body. Some of our eyes have frosted glass on them. Some of them got window panes on them. Some of them are just black. Because they have not yet been transformed into his image and renewed into his glory so that we see the light. That's Matthew 6 through 22 through 24. Your eyes are windows into your body, if you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If 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 you live squinty eyed, I've seen some that live squinty eyed. Where'd Brenda go? I'm gonna make sure she's in here. Yeah. All right. Uh, Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust. Brenda, I've seen you do that. I've seen some of you do I've seen a lot of people do this. (laughs) (laughs) If you're squinty-eyed, I can't even do it. Brenda, you do it. I do that when I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> but I'm trying to make a point here. If you see it, and it's a sign. Now Brenda didn't have her glasses on, so we can understand that, It's a sign of greed and distrust. And your body is a dank cellar. What is that? It means dark, like real dark, dank. Real oh. Leery. If you pull the, yeah. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you have. Wow. That's good for the spots class. Those defenses. Pull the blinds on the window. So all you see is darkness. You don't see the light. What a dark life you have. You can't worship two gods at one time. I always know when the ones come in that's new, man, they just can't get into worship. They can't get into worship. They'll check in for 15 minutes and they're gone. There's two gods. God will never let you enter into worship with another god. So kingdom life ministry is ordained by God to remove all the other gods out of your life. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. So you see, money's tied to everything. Let's go to the next one. Light bearers. You got to be light bearers. Let's go to Luke eleven thirty-five 35 through 36. It says, be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness, I never understood that. I used to read that all the time when I was like a two, three-year-old baby Christian. How, I thought, how can the light in me become darkness? Because Jesus never leaves you. The light never leaves you. But now I understand that the God that I was yielding to, there wasn't the God of the heaven and earth what what that god was doing he was the light that was in me was dark if then your entire body is illuminated having no part dark it will be holy bright and full of light and when the lamp is with its bright rays gives light this is this is how you know your body is full of light you're not sick anymore you're not sick anymore because light Dispels the darkness light dispels the darkness we can't go out of this place as a team Omega team with sick people because we're going to churches that have sick people in them and yet we're coming with the same agreement so I'm very sensitive now to who I'm taking to minister in this Omega outreach. Because I don't want that to go back on the people. So Philippians 2, 12 through 17, message. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When When you got a hold of Jesus and you were full of joy and light, you should have kept on that light. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I am separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life for salvation. Reverent, sensitive before God, that energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself is willing and working in what will give him the most pleasure. So what he's saying is, work out your salvation. The church has not experienced salvation. The church will go all day long say they've got salvation. No, they got saved. They've never experienced salvation because you've got to work it out. It's already in you. It's got to be worked out. So it takes living water to bear their light. John 4:10. Oh, I didn't. I would do everything readily and cheerfully. So when you're working out your salvation, the first thing we want to do is complain. Isn't it? (laughs) And we're inviting the destroyer when God's trying to get him out of our life. We're inviting him back. So that's how you know salvation is being worked out when the devil tempts you to complain. Amen. Complaining is what? Expressing dissatisfaction about something. Man, we're so good at that. We're good at that. Expressing dissatisfaction about something. So, no bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out in the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air, in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living And of the living God, carry the light-giving message into the night so you'll have a good cause to be proud of so he'll have a good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. (laughs) Paul is saying to his church you're living proof. I didn't go to all this work for nothing. <laughs> Turn my mic up a little bit. The gift of God. So Jesus was a gift, but we have to open it up. You have to open it up. When the Father gives revelation, revelation means I'm unveiling the Son Jesus to you at another dimension. But you have to open it up. How do you open up revelation? I open up the book. Well, the revelation's already come because you open up the book. But how do you open it up? How do you open up revelation? Meditation. Meditation. You go, Pastor Daniel. Me- Pastor Daniel. <laughs> Pastor Daniel. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.9. See, see, this is what the church has never experienced. This right here. What's inside of this box? What's inside of Jesus? Where's my scripture? No one has ever seen or heard anything like this Never so much as it an imagined imagine anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. But you've seen and heard it because God, by his Spirit, has brought it out into the open before you. So what he's saying here is that no eye has seen nor heard the things that God has prepared for you in him. In Him, you hadn't seen it yet. We get saved and think that's it. How many? Do, that's been our mindset, right? I didn't know there was more. I didn't know this had to be changed. So I got saved and recognized. Recognized I had a few gifts in me, and started exercising those gifts. Didn't know that I was demonizing them for the whole time because I had not opened up the gift of him, not the gift of miracles, not the gift of prophecy, not the gift of knowledge and healing. I needed to open up him first before I exercise these gifts of the Spirit. Does that make sense? So let's go to Second Corinthians, I mean Colossians 1.13. God rescued us from the dead-end valleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son of His love so much, the Son who got us out of the pit where we're in and got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Why do we keep repeating them? Because we never entered in to Him. He just saved us. He rescued us from... Satan, but we never entered in him. And we never had a revelation of that, so we operate in our giftings. And then they become demonized, and then you start hating it because everybody's getting blessed but you. Because God's going to cover the people and take care of the people with his grace. So He set up, He set us up. Look in the key word there. He set us up in the kingdom. He didn't cause us to enter it. He set us up in the kingdom. All right, let's go to the next verse, Acts 14, 22. Establishing and strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples, urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith, and telling them that is through many hardships and tribulations You must enter in to the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. So when you see somebody in a trial, you know he's entering the kingdom. What should you do? It says right there. Encourage them to stand in the faith. To stand in the faith. To stand in the faith. So they can enter in Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. So God... You you can't trust God to do things when you're holding on to your history and the voices in your ears because God will not be a part of that. You'll be demonized and won't even know it. Prophesying and not even know it's pure. God is not going to help us until we let go of what's holding me back from destiny and what are they people and voices people and voices Is that Matthew 19:26 okay let's so what's the link here what's the link here The Holy Spirit's in in it all the time. But we go from link to link. So we enter into the kingdom through what? So that's the link. Tribulation. Pain. Tribulation means pain and distress and anxiety and worry. And all these things are going on. That's how you know you are entering in. Voices, distracting voices and history people will cause you from entering in. So you'll stay in a tormented state. We call it the in-between zone. From the already to the not yet. From the already to the not yet. So tribulation and trust is the link to enter into the kingdom. We can't live in Moab and Judah at the same time. I really want you to read the book of Ruth. There's so much in that little book. Most of us want to let go won't let go of Moab until we see Judah in sight. Amen. So Moab represents your past. Judah represents your future because Judah means praise and worship. And that's your future is praise and worship. So no eye has seen or experienced what God has, 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 has prepared this in. This box is, by the way, an example of Jesus. We haven't entered in him. He's the kingdom. So if you've got people still associated with you, you've never entered in to him. He will not let you come in with people. Once you come into him, then he gives you back to the people. I'm telling you, he kept me at at his feet for so many years, a long time, pouring stuff into me, pouring stuff into me, And I heard him so clear one morning in my worship years ago. He said, now I'm going to give you to the people. Because he got rid of all those idols, all those devils, all those things I was dragging with me that was before I got born again or before I got changed. I was dragging people with me that couldn't come where I was going. We have to loose, we have to turn loose the comfort of where we are to get to where we're going. <clears throat> I've never seen God change people who are comfortable, remember? He sends every distraction, every trial around you to try to get you uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. So he can bring you in to Jesus. So, what were the three things again? I want to get this ingrained on you, ingrained in your heart. Three things that bring you into your destiny. Number one, decision decision of what? People. People who? What people? People from history. History, history means what? Past. Past what? Past life, past Past what? Change. So we're dealing with born again, we're dealing with change. All right, so that's number one. What is number two? Disengaging, distracting voices. And what's number three? God, the Holy Spirit. So there's two things you have to do, and he does one thing. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit was... Listen, when the, the Holy Spirit came into us, the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming into us was not for you to prophesy. <laughs> it was not for you to cast out devils. It was not for you to, to, to give words of knowledge. It was not to give... Hey, it was powerful around here Saturday night. I heard Mama uh, Char, uh, Charlena you have a corporate tongue twice she's never done that before and you know whenever you hear a corporate tongue cuz it's strong you better listen and you better not continue to teach or preach until that interpretation comes because somebody has the interpretation so i'm praying in the holy ghost for people to obey and Zenny got the first one And somebody else came up got the second one. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was not for you to preach. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was to link you to coming into Jesus, to coming into the kingdom, to coming into the truth. Revelation opens up that gift. I'm amazed, this is going to make you laugh. And you've probably experienced this thought anyway. The Holy Spirit came to show you who you are. Does that make sense? He's supposed to show me who I am and who I'm not. So I'm amazed at people who give me prophecy. And I look at their life and think, brother, you need a word for yourself. <laughs> Amen? Because I want to see, see the fruit of the kingdom in somebody's life before they prophesy over me. So I look at their life. They don't need to worry about me. They need to be getting a word for themselves. Amen. Because if you're not bearing the fruit of the kingdom and you're giving prophecy, that prophecy is polluted with devils. You have not let go of your past. You have not let go of your associations and distraction voices. It is polluted with devils. Now, this place is a a place to be processed. So the Lord has me get all of us up here to teach, to preach, to prophesy, to give words of knowledge. And because he's doing that, because he's exercising the anointing to kill what's wrong in the person up here while he's protecting them. Does that make sense? I'll never send somebody from this place out there to other churches with that junk. But in here, the people are protected because it's a dressing room. It's a place of fire. It's a place that God's burning out everything and bringing us into the gift of Jesus and experience with who he is. Listen, when you come into him, you won't want nothing else. You won't want to prophesy. You won't want to give words of knowledge. The people out there in the age church, the prophecy is so rampant because it's their sign of approval, they think. But it's so polluted with devils. I swore I never listened to another prophecy about 10 years ago. But then when I came into the apostolic, the Lord said that the church will never be built without apostles and prophets. So I had to accept it. But he protects us. This atmosphere protects you. Because some people are just all over the map in their prophecies. So the Holy Spirit is given to you so God can show you the truth about you. Amen. 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 This is it. So look at this. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit a job description. John sixteen thirteen through 15. He's given the Holy Spirit a job description. He says, but when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole truth. For he will not speak on his own message, on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce it and declare it to you, not nobody else. You got that? He's declaring it to you, Daniel. Daniel. Things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of receive, draw upon me what is mine and reveal and declare it. To clo- and that's what revelation is. It's a disclosure to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. This is what Jesus is saying. That is what I meant when I said that the Holy Spirit will take things That are mine and will reveal them and declare it to you. That's revelation. God is revealing something to you. So the revelation is for you, then it's for the people. Then it's for the people. He sent his son to show you to yourself. The revelation is nothing more than a mirror that we have to look at. You can't move forward until you know who you are. Romans 8.26. 8.26, 6-28. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself is making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, now, he who searches the heart knows what kind of mind is of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, I want you to catch something here. The Holy Spirit is a 24-hour intercessor for you. We have a 24-hour intercessor praying for us. Amen? He's bridging the gap between bumping into Jesus and coming into Jesus. He's taking what is to what it can be. It's a gift. He takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. He's the link. All things are possible with God. He helps us in the part of us that is diseased. He's helping us in the part of us that is diseased. How did that part of us get diseased? Y'all remember? Listen, whoever you've been associated with diseases you. People can mess you up, mess you up, man. People can just mess you up. So God, once you get born again, God's telling you you got to cut off some people. Once you get changed for the first time after born again, you got to cut off some people before you go to the next change. He helps us in the part of us that's diseased. Intercession. The part of us that doesn't work right. We all have a part that doesn't work right. All of us do. It has to be prayed out. Can you imagine if you just take on that concept? You know, people say, hey, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. They don't realize the Holy Spirit's been praying all along. But then you don't realize the people that say they're praying for you really aren't. And then when they when they say, oh, so-and-so's sick, let's go over there and pray for so-and-so, they'll pray for so-and-so for a week, and then nothing happens after with it, you start sending them food. <laughs> <laughs> then nothing happens after two years, they don't even show up anymore. But the Holy Spirit is interceding 24 hours a day. Isn't that cool? Helping the diseased part. The part is not right. He's praying it out. He's the wheel within the wheel that Ezekiel is talking about. Remember, I always thought about what is that wheel within the wheel? It's the Holy Spirit praying out 24-7 intercession you better be glad the Holy Spirit's praying for you because most people aren't. That's why I said in the age, church age, it's the praying age. But in the kingdom age, it's 24-hour worship because you already got an intercessor that's praying for you 24-7. So we really need to get on this 24-hour worship cycle. Because worship and intercession, when they go together, man, you're going to have a kingdom explosion. So the spirit searches the heart because that's where the disease is. Here's the definition of disease. It prevents the body and mind from working normally. Is your body working normally? Say yes. Come on, let's prophesy. Let's prophesy. Claim Claim it. He didn't say the spirit. He said the mind and the body. So there's a protocol to get into the presence of God. And we all know what that is. There's an outer court. There's an inner court. And there's the Holy of Holies. I want you to look at something very revelatory here in Ezekiel 10.3. Now the cherubim stood on the south side of the house when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Now listen to this. The cherubim stood. The cherubim stood on the south end. As I meditate on this, God started just unveiling this thing of the house. Then the man went in. So he said, look at your soul thing. So I pictured the soul thing. He said, this is south, this is west, this is east, and that's north. So he said, the cherubim stood at the south side of the house. And then the man went in. Who's the man? Jesus. Jesus, we're entering in him. Right? Our soul is entering in him. The Spirit's already with him and one with him, but my soul is not. So Jesus went in, and I had mentioned this a few weeks ago when somebody said, waiting for the cloud of glory. I said, the cloud's in you. I've never said that before. Now I understand that the cloud is in us. This is the inner court The New Testament inner court is the soul. Your flesh, your senses is the outer court. Your spirit is the holy of holies. Let's go to the next verse. Ezekiel 43 4. And the glory of the glory of the Lord. He's not talking about the cloud. He said, and the glory of the Lord entered the temple by the gate facing the east. Then the Spirit caught me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, the cloud was already there because the man walked in. Now, what is the glory of the Lord? The Father. Jesus always comes first before the Father comes. Jesus will always come into the soul first before the Father comes. Because the Father is not going to go nowhere where he's not. So that's what the Holy Spirit is bringing you in to an experience of the south gate so the man can come in. The man Jesus can come in, and then the house fills with smoke. Can you picture this? Let's go to the next one. 43.5. And the glory of the Lord entered the temple by the gate facing the east. Then the Spirit caught me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Why the east gate? Who, who knows this? Why, why did the glory come in the East Gate? The Father came in the East Gate. Jesus came in the South Gate. What is the East Gate in the soul? The emotions. The emotions is where we have learned God, and he's come in. I know I'm messing some people's minds up. No, this is is good. It's too deep for y'all. It's still going in, though. The East Gate is the motions. That's the place where the devil comes in. The devil came in to the garden Through the emotions of Eve to block out the glory, to cut off the glory. So the glory exited through the East Gate. Oh, it's too deep. It's too deep. Listen, you have no idea how many blessings. Has been withheld because you're not ready. But you are in a place that will get you ready. That will get, I'm a testimony. And listen, I have not made it completely where I need to be. I can only imagine because He has super blessed me, and I can't think there would be any more. But there's more. Because I was telling our group, uh, KLM meeting, uh, office meeting, that when you go over these scriptures that I said earlier, the Lord said there'd be no poverty and no pride in this remnant. So that means He's going to do it. It's impossible. You can't do it. We have to have so much wealth that when we go out to other churches, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the pastor and say, Pastor Daniel, <laughs> do you have debt on this church? And you say, Well, yeah, everybody's yeah, got yeah, debt. Everybody everybody's got <laughs> debt. <laughs> no, but you're going to be at this church, so you're going to be saying uh, Yeah, no, not me. <laughs> But we're going to go out with an Omega checkbook and say, here, go pay off this church. And as soon as he lets that thing get paid off, that curse gets off the church. Because I've seen every church that I've been to that has debt on it has greed on it. The pastor has greed on him. I've seen the demons watching him as they preach and waiting for him to stop preaching and jump on. I've seen all this. Because the debt on the church gives the devil legal access to make him greedy. Because greedy people do what? Get into debt. Pride gets you there. And then I'm going to send the Omega team through the congregation and say, how much do you owe in your car? Write him a check. How much do you owe in your house? Write them a check. Bang. Listen, we're going to kill these devils because the people cannot be free until debt is freed off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because that's the best part that God doesn't have of you. It's the East Gate. The glory. The Father is not going to dwell in this place right here if debt is in there. God separates you to remove the people you can't take with you when he opens the box. Your future is in this box. Jesus is bigger than this, but this is, you know, I'm trying to get a point here that Jesus came, God sent Jesus and gave you the gift of his son, and you got born again. And you're still holding on to Jesus and never experienced him. We're going to get this thing right. Why is it every time we enter into a trial that God brings us into the box of the blessing that we wig out? We just wig out. When God's trying to get us into the blessing, so what do you do when a trial comes up? You throw a party, right? When you when you when <laughs> Judas when Judas shows up, you throw a party. In fact, we should do that corporally. If you've recognized the Judas and uh, around you, come to the leadership here and tell them we need to throw a party, and we'll just have a party in here. That'll be prophetic. Or if you enter into a trial, let's have a party. There's nothing more that'll get your mind off that trial than having a party. Trials are supposed to humble us so that we can enter into the glory, that we can enter into salvation. So what are you willing to ignore or walk away from. Think about this. I want you to really think about this. Your life should not resemble a year from now where you are today. If it does, then you're just in rebellion. And I haven't seen too many people that can last a year that's in rebellion. They're going out the door. Your destination is not a place. It's a person. Your destination is not a place, it's a person. And His name is Jesus. It's not your husband. Paul said, I labor until Christ is formed in you. You met Jesus, but He ain't formed in you yet. How can I tell? Because there's no weight of authority on you. That's how I can tell. When you speak to someone and they go flying across the floor, I'm done. I'm. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. Praise the Lord. Ten three. Ezekiel ten three. Did I already do that one? Yep. I already did that one. Ezekiel forty three yeah, did that one. Yeah. You know really awesome? What? so awesome. the um That's what I just said. Oh did you say that? Yeah. You that first? Yeah. Know. Satan entered in through the east side because that's the emotion side. Right. And they were, th- they were sent out and then they put the flaming sword turned each way to guard. it. That's right. So I think it's awesome how God is still unfolding revelation on these simple, these simple visions. I would have never thought to compare that to the gates. So you think about it. Once, you, once, he, once the man, Jesus, comes to the south gate, that's the reasoning gate. And what did Isaiah say? Hey, come reason with me. That your sins may be white as snow. Then the man comes in and the cloud fills the house. y'all get anything out of this tonight? Yeah. A lot. Pastor Daniel. <laughs> I love Pastor Daniel. He is. There's going to be there's some awesome men in this ministry. There's single men that are being raised up awesome men of God. And any women that come around them, they're going to have to check it out with me first. Uh (laughs) Just like the women, too. I'm going to have to check the men out. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Any questions? Who's got the three things down? You got them down. You know what to do. So once you hear what to do, you got to do it quickly. If you don't do it quickly... Because remember the, remember that revelation is now. The kingdom is now. So that means in your mind, it's done. It's done. And when you, when you act on revelation quickly with obedience, God covers the people. He covers them. But it's in your waiting that you do more damage to the people when you let them go. Fear keeps you from doing it. The fear of man keeps you from doing it. All right, let me pray. Father, thank you for the revelation. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us instruction today that we all want to enter into this kingdom. We want to enter into the king. We want to enter into his being So that we can experience what my eyes have not seen, nor what my ears have heard, the things that God has prepared for us who love you. So I ask you, Father, right now, through the power of the name of Jesus, to to seal this revelation, seal this teaching, write it on their hearts and their minds, so that they can act on it now. They act on it now. So that they can come on in to the knowledge of Him. For He is the knowledge of the glory of God. I thank you. I honor you. And we seal it right now with your blood in Jesus' name. I'm giving for praise. Thank you, Lord.